You're listening to Little Gems of Wisdom with Katrina and Alana. I'm Katrina Kavanagh and I'm a therapist with 25 years experience. I'm also intuitive. I've been intuitive all my life and that has made things just a little bit more interesting. And I'm Alana Lee McIntyre. I'm a TV and radio journalist here in Australia. I'm used to asking the questions, not just the usual ones, but the big questions like why we're here, why we do the things we do and how we can live a happier, inspired life. So let's have a look at today's little gem of wisdom. Uh, There are four key steps that I've stumbled upon in my work. And had I known these four steps in my own life, my God, my 20s and my 30s and my 40-ish, you know, they just would have been better years, much better years. Um, I would have felt emotionally much more safe and able to navigate relationships and just really sad and overwhelming moments. So essentially I began this program called Kindness on Purpose and part of that was I really felt the need to find a way to teach students um, how to look after their big overwhelming feelings. Like so how to self-regulate. Yeah, self-regulation. Yeah, that's the clinical term, self-regulation. Um, but for me what I wanted was, um, you know, when, what, when people's feelings become big, when we become emotionally dysregulated um, and we feel so overwhelmed, that's when – because we, no one can stand that feeling. No one can stand the feeling of, you know, being yeah. so angry that you do not know what to do or being yeah. so sad or so – Because it's too painful. It's too painful. So, so then when – drink – Yes, exactly. People try to escape the pain. They do anything to escape the pain. So as children, there are some key things that they will do, but obviously that then you take yourself into teenage years and adulthood and we get into the world of drinking, using drugs, um, self-harm, suicide attempts, all kinds of really Mm. risky behaviour that actually can result in death, you know. So, Mm. But in childhood, what I found in my work as a therapist – was that when a child was feeling overwhelmed, there were several f- things that they would normally do. They would either, you know, yell or, or physically hit out at people or objects, you know, walls and windows and mm. things like that. They might shut down, you know, shut down in an angry way or shut down in a sad way or a combination. They might run away, run away into their room and dive under their bed or run away down the street. They might um, also try to be really, really perfect, you know, yeah. and do and everything right to keep the peace. Be the, pe- be the one that placates and keeps everyone everyone else happy. And every single one of those ways of coping with big feelings, they never it, it's so unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. So I was thinking, if only if only we had a way to support children, teenagers and adults to be able to look after those big feelings, be able to really effectively self-regulate, right? Mm. Then 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 you know we're going to make a difference and because as they become adults they'll be regulated adults that's right so when something really sad happens to them when there's a relationship breakup they can actually look after their feelings rather than actually hitting the bottle mm. you know or they can you know if they're in a conflict with their partner they can actually look after their feelings so we don't get to the place of relationship abuse and domestic violence. Yes, the hitting and the, the yeah, hitting out. Yeah, yeah. So I just – and I looked at what was going on in the world. You know, there's some really good behavioural programs out there for children and for, even for adults. Mm-hmm. But with the latest we're, – we're getting to know about the neuroscience and the way the brain and the body works, I just felt that I wanted to get on board with something that actually worked and was simple because – 
the other thing is the other thing is is that we know that talking therapy when it comes to emotional distress at that level talking therapy doesn't actually work yes so what i learned um i've heard psychologists speak about i think it's in that book the body keeps the score Mm. uh that a child's brain you know well a human's brain it's developmental stages the 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 human brain, we start out and the base of our brain is active when we're born. Mm -hmm. But then it's not until later on that our frontal cortex Mm. and everything else, Mm -hmm. which is the complicated thinking part, that that actually activates and, you know, starts working. Yes. So what I understand, one somatic therapist once told me that the brain up to about three is working at the very basic step, basic parts. It's mm-hmm. not quite... The frontal cortex isn't firing like it does when we're older. Yes. So if we have trauma before we're three mm-hmm. um, and or, or whatever experiences we have before we're three, mm-hmm. they're stored in those, those base parts of the brain, so mm-hmm. those really primitive parts, the survival parts. And then the problem is is that then those parts... They stay in you, but then when you go and talk to somebody, you can't actually put your, you can't describe that feeling. Mm. You try to articulate feeling worthless, mm-hmm. and you can't. You 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 you, you, you you these are conversations that a lot of people have to mm. each other. Mm. You have those conversations. Oh, I just feel worthless, or I feel unlovable, but you can't actually describe it properly. That's right, because it's not actually in the part the the part that is able to describe. That's it's right. In a, it's a feeling part. Yes. And so that's why it's critical to use very simplified language if we're going to use any language because there is this is the, the pre-verbal stage of development. And even when someone's older than three, if their feelings, if they get to the point of being overwhelmed with emotion, their brain, the, their, they are only therefore able to access the that, that primitive part of the brain, the fight, flight, freeze or submit. You can't get up to the frontal. You can't get up to the cortex. rational thinking part. Yeah. You know, you can't. So that, and that's where all the words are. And that's where you make, you know, behavioural decisions in a really well thought out way. Yes. So that's why, you know, there's great behavioural programs, but that a lot of students, children and adults can't access them in that moment um, because they're flooded emotionally. They physically can't. They, phys- they absolutely can't. And as you said, it's not just children, but then when we become adults and then we're trying to describe why we're angry or calm down from being mm. angry and something's triggered mm. that primal part of us that that's from our childhood that mm. we can't describe and then someone's telling us to calm down or not to do that, mm. it's impossible. Yeah, which is the worst thing to say to someone is to say calm down because it's almost like, well, first of all, what I'm needing from you is I'm needing you to validate my feelings. That's the mm. number one thing. And telling me to calm down is only placing me higher into a state of greater emotional dysregulation because mm. I'm, you're hurting me. You're hurting me by saying calm down because you're not acknowledging my need in that situation and that is for nurturing and care and attention to how I'm really feeling rather than mm. a dis- disconnection by saying calm down. And yeah. so these, these four steps that you have, they look at that differently yes so the four steps what happened was the other thing I just would like to mention is that one of the things that motivated me to create this was I wanted something for young people and teenagers who were sitting in their room at night or in the afternoon and they were they were so overwhelmed and upset by something that had gone on say cyberbullying or bullying at school or a friendship disconnection or something and we know that when 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 when, at teen, when we get to the adolescent stage of development, one of the key things that happens is, you know, teenagers isolate. 
they don't reach out very easily. It's developmentally appropriate for them to do so, right? Mm. So what we have then are all these teenagers sitting in their rooms, isolating themselves from their significant people in their life, and they're having these huge feelings. So what do they do? They want to get some relief, so they get into the world of self-harming. They get into suicide attempts, and even they actually do complete the act of suicide. So um, it's... So I wanted something for them and I wanted something that they'd learnt in primary school and they, that they'd practised in primary school that became very familiar and routine for them So that when and then it was reinforced in high school and that's why I developed the four steps that I'm about to talk about which, which are part of the Kindness on Purpose program. So I love the four steps because they, if I do say it myself, because they <laughs> actually work with the body. They work with the brain in the body. They really require no verbal explanation whatsoever so we're not asking children or adults to talk about what happened or how they're really feeling. We only need them to use one word. So the four steps of these. Number one, the first step is we say to ourselves or to the, to the other person, what am I feeling? And the mm. two options are either heavy or light. Again, I use the word heavy to describe those, you know, sad, anger, all of these kind of emotions because when um, someone is feeling overwhelmed, they can't necessarily – find words because they're in the primitive part of their brain okay they're away from the rational thinking part of the brain where all the words are but everyone can say i feel heavy yeah. right it's one word and, the, and and if you're there with your with another person or with your child you know you can say i can see you're feeling heavy and it's because you can see in that moment, if you were to say, I can see you're feeling angry when really it's sadness, that's going to cause a disruption to the process and the person's going to feel even worse because you're not really reading how they're feeling well, right? So that's why if we use the word heavy, that covers all emotions. And it's one word that's very accessible. You don't have to have a lot of verbal, you know, you don't really have to be that connected to that part of your brain. You can nod your head and say, yes, I'm feeling heavy, right? So the first question is, am I feeling, what am I feeling, heavy or light? The second question step is, obviously, if you're feeling heavy, the the, se- the second step question is, well, where am I feeling heavy? Am I feeling heavy in my head, in my chest, in my belly, on my back, on my throat? And this step acknowledges that um, Bessel van der Kolk, one of the world's leading experts in trauma, who wrote the book The Body Keeps Score, is has you know really well documented that science is showing us that it's the body that remembers you know, and that we feel our emotions, our emotions very physically. When the amygdala goes off, when it experience, when, it, when there's a perception of threat and then the vagus nerve that runs from the base of the brain down through the chest into the belly gets really, really busy, um, it's, that's why we get that heavy, tight feeling in our chest when we feel heartbroken and the butterflies and the nervous feeling in our gut when, we have, and that, when we're having that emotional experience. That's actually the vagus nerve. What, yeah. So the vagus nerve, the vagus nerve yeah. So, so that's a very powerful... We can tell then, science is showing us, it's a very powerful physical process when we're in various emotional states. So that's why the key to working with emotion is actually working with the body. So the way we do it with when we're asking that question of where am I feeling heavy or light, or sorry, where am I feeling heavy in the body, head, chest, belly, back or throat, the key to that is once we locate where we're feeling most heavy, that is the big clue and it's the sign of where, that, that we're then given a direct, um, a direct indication 
of where we need to work with our body to start shifting the feeling. So that the, the point in our body becomes the point of intervention. So that leads us to the third step, which is in a belief of, oh, I can look after my feelings. And within that third step, that is the practice of actually using those parts of the body to look after your feelings. So we treat our emotions as if... Um, through the through we, we we work with our bodies as if we had physical ailments and we do right so so say you know if you had um for us beautiful women we get period pain in our tummy and we would get a heat pack for that or if we've ever got physical discomfort we can put a heat pack on that we can put a, if we have muscle discomfort we can put a heat or a cool pack on that we can use Denkara, we can use essential oils, we can drink herbal tea and sip that down slowly. We can have an ice block, we can use a cool washer on the back of our neck if it's our head, a cool washer on our forehead if it's our, if it's our, if it's our forehead. Um, we can use any of our senses, sight, hearing, touch, taste and smell. We can jump Absolutely. We can wrap ourselves up in a blanket. We can have a beautiful shower, dive into the ocean. So we're working very much with the body. And what we do is we develop a range of strategies to work with our physical body. And at the same time as doing that, we're saying, you know, if we put the heat back on, we're saying, I'm doing this to look after my feelings, which is actually working with the brain. We're actually talking to our brain in that moment and telling it why we're wrapping those words around the behaviour so that the brain can connect the words and the behaviour to the effect, which is the relief felt in the body. Yes, so that's that yes. So that's why we're that's why we're saying I'm doing this to look after my feelings. And then the fourth step is once you know that you're doing that to look after your feelings, the fourth step is and I can feel okay again. And this is the, it sounds really simple, but it's the most critical step actually, because this is where we show ourselves as children and teenagers and then, and then adults that if we take steps one, two and three, we will get to step four, which is the point of relief. And what's really important about that state of relief is that moment where by following steps one two and three and then your body feels either a small amount of relief or even better a large amount of relief from those overwhelming feelings suddenly there's room where you've proven to yourself that you have self-mastery over your feelings that you can look after your feelings, that you can self-regulate and that all of a sudden you can take yourself from a place of being completely overwhelmed to a place of being okay again. And that, knowing that you can do that, is the key piece that actually does help us save safe lives but but further back from that help us be able to make some better choices can you see what I mean yes and what I can see too is that what you were saying earlier is that when somebody's in experiencing a lot of distress they yes. are unable to use the the top part of their brain yes the frontal cortex the yes. complicated side of the brain yep but by experiencing their feelings by noticing the sensations in their body and really sitting with it, mm -hmm. acknowledging the pain, mm -hmm. because pain is just a signal that something is wrong. Yes. And pain needs to be noticed because it's trying to tell you that something's up. That's right. You know, when we touch something hot, if, if a child touches the hot plate mm. or the stove, mm. they're getting told that message. Yes. It's painful because it's something you shouldn't be touching because it will hurt you. Yes. But the pain is just trying to tell you something. That's right. And in so the, when you actually listen to the pain, oh, it's hot. 
oh, I feel angry. Oh, I feel sad. When you actually just listen to that, then it's, it stops sending off the message of pain. That's right. So with the hand on the hot plate, I need to, ooh, that hurts. I need to do something, which is take my hand back. Oh, I'm having a huge emotionally overwhelming feeling where I'm deeply sad. Oh, I need to do something. That's the pain saying, help me, help me do something. But we do something only to get sh- to that point when we acknowledge the pain. Correct. And so we sensations. need to, yes. So we either do something which is going to be not helpful to ourselves and, self and others as a way of trying to escape it, or we do something about it where we actually show ourselves that we can acknowledge it. What am I feeling? Heavy or light? Step two, where am I feeling it? Step three, look after my feelings by using that part of our physical body. Step four, get that release so I can feel okay again. It absolutely shifts the way we feel about ourselves, the way we experience situations, the way we experience relationships, simply because we've given our emotional state, our pain, the time and attention and the focus that it needs. And then we don't have to run away from it anymore. No, we don't. We don't. And all of a sudden, life opens up because you're no longer controlled like an autumn leaf in the wind at the whim of every other experience and emotion that you've had. You're not reactive to everything. Correct. You can choose to respond. You become responsible and you become the captain. Yes, Mm. the captain of your own ship, yes. So it's pretty powerful and yeah. it's, a, it's a part of the Kindness on Purpose program. My, my absolute vision for it is I really hold a strong desire for about one million students in Australia to be exposed to these four steps because I think that's enough to get an, enough of a shift uh, around this generation coming through. Yes. Um, and I do believe that, if, that when we do that, we will see a reduction in suicide, we'll see a reduction in self-harm. But just generally speaking, we will and have... alcohol use, addiction. Yes, all of that. Escapism. Or anything that you do that doesn't help you or others, that helps you get away from pain. If you've got another way of coping and dealing with your feelings, then you can make better choices. And it really is about sitting well with them and seeing them and really experiencing them rather than running away from the feelings. Mm. And that, that process of, you know, when you're overwhelmed, the first thing you're thinking is, oh, my God, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. I'm safe. I'm not safe, sorry. You know, this isn't okay. I can't handle this. I can't handle this. Oh, my God, what am I going to do? Mm. Ra- and and what, what happens when we get to practice these four steps is we get to oh, this feels really awful, I'm uncomfortable, oh, it's okay, I can do this, oh, that's working, oh, that's better, that's, oh, I've, I have relief and I am okay again. And that I'm okay belief system, of course, feeds into a healthier sense of self and self-worth. Yeah, and do you mind if I go into something? Absolutely. It's only quick, but... So I've actually had that experience... <laughs> with pain yes and do you mean physical pain or emotional pain emotional pain and physical pain but yeah more specifically emotional pain where there was one time that something really bad happened to me and it was really devastating and it really hurt my ego Mm -hmm. and it was when I was doing a lot of spiritual work and a lot of work on myself and I was doing a lot of meditation and mindfulness And this thing happened and it was to do with work and it really upset me. And I went home and I was just a mess. And I remember crying in bed. And it was was one of the most beautiful moments in my life where Mm. I really felt like I was at rock bottom because there there had been a lot of things that had happened in all 
parts of my life. Yes, yeah, all at once. So I was in a, experiencing a lot of pain and this was just the icing on the cake. Mm. And I experienced this pain, went to bed, was crying so deeply from my heart and tears pouring down my cheeks. And then something told me, Alana, go deeper into it. Wow. Breathe into it. And so I sat with that pain and I went deeper into it and I was crying and, and my heart, it cracked open. Wow. And I still remember it so specifically and it was, for me, I think a little bit of the end of my ego mm. and I found this part of my heart that was so pure and so sad in that moment but then I realised that all it wanted was to feel and then when I experienced that feeling, I had this great sense that it was just gone. Yes. And it had just vanished because I'd gone deep into it. I'd immersed myself in that feeling. It overcame me in, that, in those moments, in, those, in that hour or whatever mm. it was. And I hit rock bottom. Mm. And then I realized that that pain was no longer there because I'd felt it. And there was literally nothing left to feel. And then it went to one stage more where I actually realized when I was experiencing the sadness that I was not the only person in the world experiencing this sadness and that there were many other people and I could feel the pain of everybody else. Wow. And I've never felt so connected to the universe or to, to my heart. And then ever since then, I've, I've, I've had such a shift. But it was such a raw moment where I really felt like my heart cracked open. Yes. I experienced this deep level of pain. Like you said, it was in yes. my heart and I went deep into it. Yes. And then and it just moved out of me. So in that moment, you did what, what I really want people to do, which is actually just say, hey, I've got a feeling and I can't get away from it, really. Not really, not in a healthy way. No. And so and, I'm better and, to... F- and there's more pain trying to run away from it. Yes, you it is. You know, when you sit and you go, how do I get rid of this pain? You know, oh, if this and this happened, or if I did this and this and this, then I wouldn't have the pain. No, the pain is just part of human existence. Yes, it and is. it's always around. That's right. And it simply is a, is a, is a way of communicating to you it's your body's way and your brain and and if you want to talk about you know our soul it's our way of communicating that you know what's happened isn't okay or don't go that way or that is please stay away from that person or have better boundaries for yourself or whatever it may be you know there's so many different messages that pain can hold for us Mm. Um, and if we just listen to it we need to listen to it and pay we need to acknowledge it absolutely and you did that you were with you stayed with it. Yes, it was like don't run, don't run. Yes. And and it yes, and I and it was like just stay with it, stay with it, keep staying with it. Yeah. I wasn't hearing voices, but it was sure. it was literally well, I had that sense and that message in my heart. And I stayed with it and then and it just was like whoosh and it just lifted. Yes. But then I experienced I realized this pain is universal and it yes. at one point everybody will have that disappointment. Everybody will have the sadness like it. Mm. But now I've experienced it. And if I ever have it again, I know it. I know it so well. And I'm not scared of it. That's fantastic. So and if by running and, and trying to um, not experience that pain was creating more pain. <clears throat> and I was never the same. And that's one of the most... That's a beautiful story. Oh, thank you. Like a beautiful really sharing of me. an experience. Yeah. And if only people knew that. Imagine if everyone knew that when they felt pain, they just have to stay with it a little bit. And if I said to you... Well, let's say it to you. Was that pain 
when you stayed with it, was it as bad as you thought it would be? Did it overcome you? Were you overwhelmed? Did you lose yourself in it once you stopped and paid attention to it and just said, I see you basically? And went into it a little bit and more. And I think that that was it too. I realised that I wasn't the pain. So you saw you saw the separateness. You saw that yeah. you as a person, yeah. you are a, a, a an expression of magnificence. And then mm. you were having this experience of pain. And the pain was separate to the your soul's expression of magnificence that you really are. And that pain comes and lands and visits lots of people. But it can yes. never really impact on who you really are, which is that magnificent energy. Yes. Mm. And the presence watching the pain. Yes. That's beautiful. 